Uh, hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 128 of the Big Planet Comics podcast. Uh, we're getting towards the end of the year. We're talking a lot about uh, stuff we're going to do for the best of the year. You guys getting excited? Oh, yeah. I'm super excited. Hey, a, that's great to hear. It's the best <laughs> one we do. Uh, so my so name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Kelly. I'm Jared. Yeah. And uh, we are here to do the thing that we do. So what has been going on, you guys? It's only been a week, so probably not too much exciting stuff has happened. But hey, we got Kelly back, though. We did get Kelly back. Kelly's going to be on the show a good bit now, I think. That's good. That's the plan. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's good for when one of us needs to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. Like me. Who, whenever, just know that whenever there's not an episode, it is my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, So, what's been going on? Jared, what have you been up to? Uh, I went over to a friend, Nate and Tuana's house, and we did a group with a 10, or, 10 or 12 of us, a group read-through of Twelfth Night by Shakespeare. Oh, that sounds all... Which was pretty cool. <laughs> Who were yeah. you? Who were you? Um, Oh, my gosh. I just forgot his name. Malvolio. That's a pretty good... Thought you were going to say Othello. It's a juicy part. Yeah, but I hadn't read it, so I'm just like, I'll just try reading this and see how it goes. And then halfway through, like the people who had actually been to school for like theater and stuff started explaining how Malvolio was like the most complicated part and only the most accomplished actor could possibly pull off the range of emotion in, in Act 4. And I'm like, that's my guy. Did anybody call you an idiot? <laughs> no. You idiot. You don't He's even understand. A, yeah, you I saw Stacy Keach play Mulvolio at the Folgers <laughs> Theater. Stacy <laughs> uh, Keach was in uh, uh, like King Lear or something recently. Yeah, it was King Lear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. In DC, and yeah. he didn't have a mustache. And I was like, "Who is this person? <laughs> this is not Stacy Keach. This is not the Stacy Keach I know." <laughs> yeah. Oh man. What about you, Nick? What's been going on? Uh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit. <laughs> Didn't you go Are on we t- your uh, trip with all your friends? Yeah, we talking about what happened on your trip? Uh, got engaged. <gasps> hey, Nick. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty exciting. Congratulations. Pretty exciting, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, bud. Yay. She said yes. <laughs> oh, hey. I wasn't too nervous about that part, but the rest of it was pretty nervous throughout it. It sounded very romantic. Yeah. You were out on the... We were on a lake on a dock. Wow. It was pretty cool. Nice. I got down on one knee. It was pretty romantic. He tied her shoe and stood up and proposed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty fast, too. Uh, I think she was really surprised. Nice. And I was like... She's like, well, why are you shaking? Like, oh, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Like, what's, what's going on? I'm like, oh, it's all right. And You're like, like, I'm really out of shape. <laughs> so I just got down on one knee. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, walked, we walked like uh, 100 feet to this dock. I'm really tired. Yeah. It's like, I got to T-bow this for a second. And then I was like, will you marry me? She's like, yes. It was like really fast. That's nice. That's and then, awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, a few minutes later, she was like, yeah, just got real. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty funny. That's that great, though. Is uh, amazing. Congratulations, buddy. That's, yeah. That's so cool. It's cool. Kelly, top that. <laughs> I, I, I should have gone, gone last. Yeah. No, I should have no. gone first, so the rest of us like, oh. No, you guys, I had a dream that I hung out with Taylor Swift last night. Oh, oh see, that's how's great. she doing? Did you propose to her? She, you know, if honestly, if I hadn't woken up, I probably would have. Yeah. No, the thing about the dream was that it was it was clearly like an interview of some kind, like to be Taylor Swift's friend. Oh wow! But it was it was sort of like I understood it in the way that you understand things in dreams that um like I would have to quit my job to do it, and I was one hundred percent on board. Of with course, that. yeah. <laughs> So, so were you getting paid to be your friend? I don't know, but it was going to be a full time position. I mean, full time position, then you're getting paid. Full time Taylor Swift friend. But do you think that, like, were you aware that, like, you would just be the basis for a song and be, like, unfriended in, like, six months? No, no, no. It was going to be forever. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) It's the dream world. You You weren't there. Then you wouldn't, yeah, you would never worry about anything. Never again. You'd be with Taylor Swift all the time. You sure it wouldn't go down in flames, Kelly? Absolutely not. Hmm. I believe she's warned all of us about this, that there's one or two ways it will go. Haters going to hate. What about you, Kevin? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I've been doing anything. I know it's something you did awesome last night. Kevin's alri- already married. What did I do last night? <laughs> did you have an activity with some friends? Or? Oh, no. I just got the book. No! I, I, I am playing oh, Dungeons and play. Dragons on Saturday. There oh, you go. Yeah, I'm going to DM for the first time. Fight a lick. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going to fight a lick. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't know what, what we're called? gonna do. Uh, I know. Lich? I think. I think, it, I think our Lich. thing we're doing has to do with uh, like people who worship dragons. Oh, oh is it uh, classic trouble? What yeah, it's called dragons. Yeah, dragon horde of the dragon queen. Horde of the dragon. Yep, that'll be us. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited and nervous about that. Uh, cool. You know, just like Nick is about his <laughs> marriage. Yeah. Uh, about same the, level. Yeah. About the same level. <laughs> Kelly about being Taylor's new bestie. I'm not nervous about that. You're not. No way. No, I'm I mean, nervous for great. you. Yeah. So I think that's about it for me. How about you, Jared? You I, I'll let you guys anything? know how probably next yeah, week. I'm, I want to hear how it goes. Yeah. That sounds cool. Well, cool. Let's get into some news then. Yeah. Let's do it. 
This just in. IDW announced a new Gem in the Hologram series. Which is more awesome than it sounds, even though it already sounds kind of awesome. <laughs> kind of awesome. So, uh, yeah. Doing, uh, in March, they're doing a new uh, Gem in the Hologram series. Um, it's their first ongoing, and it'll be Kelly Thompson and Ross Campbell. Yeah. Wow. The, um, the Ross Campbell art that they've shown looks really, really it good. Looks really He's good. been doing so good on the Turtles. Although it uh, kind of bothers me that for Ross Campbell's <laughs> stats, they only list... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And not like the Abandoned or Wet Moon or something like that. Or like, yeah, yeah or even Glory or oh, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's, uh, he's that's a great cool. artist and it'll be fun. Yeah, Jem is uh, coming back, you guys. Truly. Oh, yeah. Coming <laughs> back. Um, that was the first piece of news. And the second piece of news, M- AMC has ordered a Preacher pilot. That was the uh, Seth Rogen and Go- uh, what was Adam Goldberg. Um, and they, in the statement, no. they said Evan Goldberg. Evan, is yeah. it Evan? He said uh, Preacher has been our favorite comic since it came, first came out. Um, Garth Ennis is one of our idols. It's a credible honor to be working on this. We promise we won't make too many dick jokes and ruin it. Not that, but doesn't Preacher already have a bunch of dick jokes? In yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, so they'll only make it better. It's <laughs> yeah. Um, so they kind of announced this a long time ago, right? Yeah. Or everybody well, they announced knew that what they was were happening. working on it, yeah. and or they, they had the rights. I think. The rights, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and now it's actually a pilot, so that's pretty cool. Pretty exciting. Nick, can I have some of your soda? Yeah, you can have some of my soda. Thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Professional. uh, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, The weird thing about this is that it's on EMC, which is a little weird because. Walking Dead ish. Yeah, I mean, Walking Dead, they get away with a lot of violent stuff, but, like, I feel like Preacher has a lot of much more um, controversial. Uh, subject matter, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I think besides nudity, which I don't know if there's a ton of nudity in Preacher. There's and, a good amount. Uh, there's our space, right? Yeah, that's... but you can do that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you can. I think they'll. I think they'll be able to do anything they want. Like they can't say the f word. They can't. Right? No. Which is kind that's of an like, AMC thing. I think so. No, it's not. They could say it. Um, can yeah, they? It's like HBO. They could do anything they want. It's pretty. Um, but the problem is they have to appease their advertisers. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like they they won't get fined by the FCC because they're it's paid for, like people pay for it so it's private. Well, nobody in Preacher is a worse person than Don Draper, so I think it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I I don't know how much of it th- they can get away with. But uh, anyway, next piece of news is that uh, oh man, oh boy, there's a, <laughs> there's a Superman prequel series in development at Sci-Fi. Oh, small uh, called Krypton. Um, prequel to prequel, Lois and Clark. Oh, so this is a prequel to Smallville. <laughs> it's a prequel, prequel to Superman. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the, the person. It's being developed by David S. Goyer and Once Upon a Time. Hey, you know what? Ian Goldberg. David S. Goyer is the worst person on the planet. David S. Gold- Goyer, I hope you're listening to this. You're a piece of crap. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Evan Goldberg is working on the preacher pilot, but Ian Goldberg from Once Upon a Time—I don't know if they're related—is uh, working on the uh, Krypton pilot. Um. <laughs> this description is really funny. Years before the Superman legend we know, the House of L was shamed and ostracized. This series follows the Man of Steel's grandfather as he brings hope and equality to Krypton, turning a planet of dis- in disarray into one worthy of giving birth to the greatest superhero ever known. So this is this is like David Goyer got in a room and he's like, hey, yo, my, my dudes. <laughs> my dudes. <laughs> Check this out. We're going to make a Superman show. It's going to take place on Krypton. It's going to be like the Game of Thrones Except with Krypton's in the space. Right. <laughs> uh, we don't have uh, Jor-El or Zod or anything, but we got we got his grandfather. <laughs> uh, so David Goyer is the guy that said that She-Hulk was just a slut that was created for oh, God, uh, no. Hulk to have sex with. Yep. Yikes. And also basically said, like, uh, some he was doing an interview uh, Q&A, and somebody asked him why they hadn't made a Martian Manhunter movie. And then he was like, how many of you guys heard of Martian Manhunter anyway? And a bunch of people raised their hands, and he was like, yeah, and how many of you guys are virgins? Ayo. Hey, yeah, so, so he's the worst person <laughs> Is he in charge of a lot of the actual movies? He's in charge of Man of Steel and all that stuff. All of them. Yeah, yeah. He's the best. Um, Yeah, so. So, yeah, that's happening. Um, I hope it's as good as Gotham. Hey, David Goyer, follow me on Twitter, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's going to be like Gotham, but with aliens. Is Gotham getting better? I've heard it is, but I don't know if that's true. I mean, the stuff that's good in Gotham is uh, Penguin. Yeah, that guy's great. great. Yeah, He's a great actor, and the stuff with him is great. Um, Young Bruce Wayne (laughs) does not need to be there for any reason. It's like Jim Gordon is like, hey. Little Bruce Wayne, give me some tips on this case. <laughs> it's like, really? You're a detective. He's, Just solve this crime he's by like, yourself. I'm going to be Batman when I'm like 12. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's like, oh, I have some uh, some insight for you to solve this case, Jim Gordon. I'm like, you're a little kid. You're like 12, 12 <laughs> years old. And then we um, have some non-news that's kind of no, news. No, I mean, it's news that like almost happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Marvel was in talks with Sony to get Spider-Man in Captain America Civil War, um, but it fell through. And the, the main problem was that Sony wanted too much. Um, they wanted to split the profits 40-60, but they also wanted creative control. Which Marvel was like, no, you you can't have created. I mean, this is a Marvel movie. Yeah, if it's going to be our universe, yeah. Um, but then the latest thing I heard was today was um, like a lot of the higher ups in like uh, Sony Japan were like um, disappointed with Spider Man, and they want all of their products to be kind of good. <laughs> is uh, the thing that I read? It was like they want them to be like like critically know, yeah like like well received uh, and then hmm. it felt like the spider-man movies were not there and that they they told um the people in charge of spider-man to kind of agree to whatever terms marvel said you know like we'll huh. lose a little bit of money but it'll be successful and it'll be a good thing um so we'll see where it goes i'm i'm i really want spider-man to be in civil war i feel like he's a huge part of it yeah um yeah I, and also i want to punisher to be in civil war and that's possible well a couple other things that happened where they pushed the spider-man 3 from 2016 to 2018 yeah and then there supposedly there's an idea of them doing an animated spider movie and lord miller doing it the guys that did the lego movie and then the sinister six movie yeah that the sinister six movie is happening yeah i don't think it is i don't think it's gonna happen yeah they they still say it's going to but i don't know amazing spider-man 2 was such a and then i heard about disaster. a female-led spider-verse movie so oh weren't they be. saying it was going to be the aunt may like as a spy oh boy yeah, <laughs> what? yeah it was it's going to be trouble the uh, mark miller book. Oh, <laughs> oh, boy. uh yeah so, so that's the news that's the news yeah if you guys got any scoops send them to us <laughs> I, used to know a guy na- I used to know a guy named Scoops. Did you? Yeah. Scoops? What did you, was he an ice cream man or a newsman? Uh, no, his just name was Scoot. Oh, no, Scoots. Sorry. Uh, Scoots. <laughs> Scoots. Oh. He rode around in a scooter a lot. <laughs> he was, he was a sick dog and he scooted his butt on the carpet. <laughs> Good old Scoots. Good old Scoots. We had to put him down. <laughs> we had to get hardwood floors. <laughs> no, we put him down. Uh, well, that is it for news. Uh, you guys want to answer a question? Yeah. No. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. Uh, so, uh, podcast at bigplanetcomics.com is the address if you guys want to send us questions. Please. Or you can send us to our Twitter at bigplanetcomics. Does our phone line still exist? I don't think so. Oh, no. Yeah, we used to get voicemails. It probably does, but I don't remember what the number is anymore. There's like 800 <laughs> voices on there. <laughs> that people just like, oh, are they in humans? What's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, so this is from Pat. Uh, Pat says, happy, merry, festive season. That's very politically Thanks, correct of you, Pat. Thanks. Other than the Eisner Awards, are there any other noteworthy awards for comics? Harvey. Yep, the Harvey right. Awards are a big one. Uh, and also the Ignatz Awards, which are held yep. at the Small Press Expo every year, are great. Um, but if you're interested in hearing about the best comics of the year, I suggest you listen to the Big Planet Comics yeah. podcast, Best of the Year podcast, which will be coming up in early January. It'll definitely be better than the Eisner. It is the most comprehensive awards on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there'll be any uh, Frederick Peters comics on uh, the Eisners. Nope, but there'll definitely be yep. some on ours. Well, at least one. Oh, actually, the uh, the festival prize at the Angoulême show in France, that's also very good, but it's also only stuff in French. Yeah. So. Um, French. But if you like this podcast, I bet you'll like what we pick. That's true. You May- better. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, he also says uh, Retrofit published some great books this year. Looking forward to next year's lineup. Is that a question? Nope. That's just a statement. praise for Jared. Thanks yeah, for the great. Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for the great podcast, Pat. Thanks, thanks Pat. Pat. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Pat always sends us questions. But other people, send us questions. We yeah, want to yeah. answer questions. It's my favorite part of the show. So Me too. Um, send us the questions. Hey, if you are on Tumblr, you can put things in the ask box, or you can tag us, and Ooh. I will see them, because ah. that's that's the, kind of, that's the kind of ship that I run. We've <laughs> <laughs> got a quick question. Um, do you guys know who Sleepwalker is? I know. The character? The comic book character? Mar- he wears like a yeah. purple hood. He yeah. walks yeah. through dreams or something. Yeah. He's making a reappearance soon. Cool. In a movie? Floor. Hey, thanks for the question, Nick. <laughs> um, if you have a question for myself, if, that's uh, a good question. if any of you guys on this podcast right now have questions, you can just submit those questions on an episode. Yeah. Oh. Just, just like, like come just on here and just ask. Can we questions. do it on this episode? Uh, no. Nope. nope. Just okay. one per episode. Nick already did his for this time. So uh, we're going to move on to some reviews. Let's do it. We love comics. They're swell. Except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. 
I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. All right, up first we have a Batman, Batmanga by Jiro Kuwata. So, so what this is, and this is pretty great, is, this is uh, amazing. Yeah, the DC released uh, a single book of some of this stuff before, but uh, Batmanga is a Batman Japanese comic series from the '60s, illegally produced, right? Uh, I, don't I don't know. No, I think was they it, licensed. Was it yeah. licensed? So, so Batman as an icon was becoming popular all over the place uh, because of the Batman TV show. It became like okay. this sort of big pop culture icon in the '60s, and so they licensed Batman to make a comic well, over they in Japan. Licensed it, yeah, right. and uh, the guy that got Jiro Kuwata couldn't read English, so he didn't read any Batman oh, really? comics, and he couldn't speak English. So he uh, basically all of his info he got from this was from watching episodes of the Batman TV show and not knowing what they were saying, and then he created his own comic. <laughs> <laughs> which, the most amazing recipe yeah, for a comic. Which wow. is uh which is why these these are so sort of idiosyncratic and yeah. great. Um yeah, Jared, you want to tell people some of the plot of Batmanga? Yeah, so the first one is Lord Deathman is the first so the interesting about this is they kind of run in three chapter story arcs. So I assume they ran in some sort of Japanese magazine like a lot of them back then. But uh Lord Deathman is the first villain who is a guy who wears a skull costume that cannot be taken off of him. Grant Morrison brought him back, right? In, oh, is, uh, Batman right. Incorporated. Yeah. Oh, I totally didn't get that at the time. That's he amazing. was fighting the Japanese Batman. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his goons are literally there with machine guns mowing down bystanders, which right there kind of sets the tone for this Japanese take on it. Uh, it still has the kind of humorous Batman and Robin banter from the TV show. Like, they're both... Kind of very much like, let's talk to Commissioner Gordon, let's check the back phone, that sort of stuff. And then it's there's like the, the 66 show mixed with like old Batman comics where like yeah. the, they were all gangsters that shot people and stuff. Yeah. Like it was like really violent. Uh, but yeah, Lord Deathman cannot be killed. Or when they capture him, he will just die and then return to life later on. So he, he I think Kawada actually comes up with some really clever like mysteries for Batman to solve. Like it's a lot of like actual investigation and like how can we outthink these bat guys. There's also a super intelligent gorilla who steals people's memories with a machine. Oh, man, I can't remember what all the villains were, but they're, they're all, like, actually really, I thought, more inventive than most Batman comics are these days. I really liked it. Yeah, I love that tone of it that you guys are talking about. Like, it's insane, but then it's, like, it's like almost, like, super violent, like, old Dick Tracy comics yep. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think it's really cool. It's and somewhere between, like, modern Batman comics and, like, Batman 66. It's, like... It's got yeah. that goofy, like, over-the-topness, but then it's, like, really serious at the same time. It's, like, a weird balance, but it works. Yeah, just some bits of it really struck me. I'm like, this is really cool. Like, uh, Lord Deathman's escaping from the top of this, you know, co- like, skyscraper. They're like, we'll go to the roof and go down that way. And they go up there, and there's no fire escape. And they're like, what do we do? And I'm like, that's amazing. So they're like trying to figure out how to like climb down half the building and jump flagpole to flagpole and swing. And it was awesome. Yeah. I'm hoping this will lead to them releasing like the Ikigama Spider-Man stuff from oh, the 70s. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's Marvel, but you is know. that stuff unlicensed? Uh no, I think it was all licensed. Yeah. It's like it's just like they did that weird Spider-Man manga in the nineties too, that was yeah. also licensed, but it was like every villain was just like a different bug <laughs> character. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty great. Yeah, but uh if you like weird Batman stuff, which you know, that's the best stuff yep. the best Batman yeah stuff. Uh, you should definitely check this out and if you want to know where Grant Morrison got like a lot of his uh, inspiration for Batman Incorporated and yeah a lot of it's from here yeah I think Grant Morrison just tried he's like let me find the like most obscure <laughs> stuff I can possibly find he just, and stick it in here well his thing was that he wanted every Batman thing that existed to kind of be in continuity no matter wow. how crazy it was yeah and so that that made it yeah, I mean that was the, the greatest thing about it that's right. awesome uh yeah and i would highly recommend it this is just yep, kind of yes, the weird sure. weird kind of stuff that's pretty great uh all right up next we have eternal number one this is written by william harms uh with art by giovanni valletta and it's about uh a really crazy future where people have uh giant suicide parties because there are <laughs> clones and then there's also like a giant super prison that some people escape from yeah i mean the 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 main gist of this story is, like Kevin said, there's everybody's kind of immortal um, because they can always be cloned and nobody dies. But then there's these kind of um, like a rebellion against this company that creates all these clones. Um, and they are called Pures. And I, I wasn't clear what they were, but I feel like they are um, people that were born outside of like the cloning process or hadn't and, yet been or hadn't cloned, cloned themselves yeah right or, and yeah. refused to it seemed like right and re- yeah yeah they're doctrine. kind of anti like they you know they don't want to live forever they just want to have normal lives because a lot of the problems in this universe is that people are not afraid of dying so they do crazy things and they don't um 
there's a lot of just kind of like like you said there's suicide parties there's people jumping out of planes yeah there was like one high school right celebrated graduation by everybody jumped out of a plane and then the uh the company what is the name of the company it's Um, like something life ecto life or something yeah and basically they they run everything and all the people that don't want to be part of this they're pure the peers who are like uh not clones they they really want their dna because they need more clones because they're running out of clones and uh I don't know. It's an interesting world. I like the setup, um, and uh, the fact that the main character kind of is willing to bend the like to to give up her her standing as not being a clone to kind of clone herself just to fight this fight is pretty interesting. Yeah. So this kind of concentrates on yeah. This uh, they're kind of two main characters. There's yeah. uh, Debbie who's escaped from one of these facilities, right. and then uh, I think Gail is kind of the main character who's a big part of this uh this sort of resistance and yeah she seems to be giving yeah like nick said she's sort of given herself over to dying over and over again to destroy stuff and i feel like there's a pretty crazy thing that happens at the end i feel like there's a third main character too. yeah the guy oh yeah security guard yeah yeah who's part of the 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 organization like the uh he's he's like a security guard at the uh like with the bad guys yeah Yeah. and uh he's started to see that this this stuff is crazy it shouldn't be happening and he wants to kind of fight back i'd say there's four because there's a violet who's the one in prison yeah there's a lot of stuff going on they're setting up one of those kind of interwoven viewpoint things which i think they handled really well yeah it was an interesting first issue you know there's a lot of universe building in it i think um you know it's a little there's a little bit of an info dump at the beginning which is always off-putting to me but once i got into the rhythm of the story i thought it was pretty good yeah it's fun yeah that is eternal number one all right up next we have uh frontier number six this is uh by emily carroll so the frontier line is pretty interesting basically it's uh it's put out by youth in decline which is a publisher run by ryan sands they put out uh a bunch of great stuff like snackies and they just put out the rav collection right and uh but kind of the centerpiece for the line has been these frontier books which all focus on a single artist so they put out uh what one by uno morales and one by helen joe and just a bunch of Sam yeah yeah yeah. and um uh yeah and so this is the newest one by emily carroll who is one of the best greatest people (laughs) yeah and uh yeah this she does she does horror stuff she kind of got really famous on the internet and then i think we reviewed her book through the woods yeah and And, of uh, course we'll talk about it more on the best of the year podcast along with the uh sam alden book this is one of the only ones that's actually like a comic most of them are just kind of art showcase things and this is too but it's actually has a story and um it's actually a comic yeah yeah (laughs) which is great and uh yeah and it's a cool horror story yeah um it's called Anne by the bed and it's frontier number six and it tells it's it's kind of a two-part story um half of it is black and white and half of it is in color and kind of goes back and forth and it tells the story of Anne by the bed and basically who who is this woman who was killed and so if you if you have ever been to a slumber party you probably (laughs) at one point like sat around and did bloody mary or whatever and you tried to scare the crap out of each other and so it's it's very much that kind of story and so you're seeing both Anne's story and you know this was this was her mother this was her father these are how they this is how they died until only Anne was left and um and then you're also seeing like different kids talking about, you know, well, I didn't really want to do it, but my friend thought it, you know, said it would be fun. And and then you see people being like, yeah, it was the middle of the night, and I thought it was my girlfriend, but I opened my eyes. And yeah, so it's it's what Carol does so so well, which is this like really really creepy creepy stuff that's not over the top, but is terrifying. Yeah, I think I think in all of her comics, she creates it's like the atmosphere yeah. that she creates and. Uh, you just, there's like, uh, you feel really out of place when you're reading her stuff. It's, it's like you can, even the parts that take place in the regular world where it's just these girls at a slumber party, yeah. you just, something always feels really off. And I think one thing that's interesting that she does is it's not, she doesn't have that like Twilight Zone, oh Henry, like stinger at the end of every story. She yeah. just kind of leaves you in a state of unease, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think is pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah, I think her stuff, I think she's one of the most, or just probably the most interesting person working in horror right now in yeah. comics. Yeah. I love how she used color in this, how all of the color stuff is like this bubblegum pink and that it just like really, really set made it everything else that much creepier. Yeah. And her her the way she told the story was fascinating. Like she said the the black and white and the color, but it's almost like every page or every two pages was a different chapter. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily following the same storyline to be like, 
here's the historical basis for this, you know, the the mythology of what happened to this poor girl. Or like, here we are at a party. Here's the movies that were based on it. But somehow it all weaves together to build up just like how long this has been going on and how scary it is and everything. And yeah, and, and it, I mean, it's done well enough that we all sat down and it said, was this a real person? Like, yeah, yeah. Do we know anything about this thing? and person? Yeah, like, I, I definitely looked it up on my phone to see if uh, it was a real thing. Uh, yeah, I was convinced it was like, I thought I was it like, was. Oh, it's real, because they got a, a little asterisk here that leads you to a book about the... There's a footnote. It has to be real. And Kelly oh, yeah, was like, no, you guys are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's awesome. Uh, I think her stuff's all really great, and this it's is creepy. just another really creepy, great thing. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, up next, we have Harold Lovecraft and Tesla, number one. This is written by John Riley, uh, who is a local guy. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, and uh, with art by Tom Rogers. Uh, this is about what happens when, uh, I don't know, uh, Nikola Tesla and H.P. Lovecraft <laughs> team up. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> The thing I liked about this is, like, usually I don't like this kind of thing where it's kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kelly was saying this earlier, how, like, I don't like the kind of, like, uh, historical fiction stuff that's a little too, like, it's stuff that people like, you know, like, people love Tesla, people love Lovecraft, but, you know, like, you know, I don't want to see this, but... Um, it's like they're your action figures and this is, you know, you're moving (laughs) them around and it's not really based in history it's right. like what what if but what it actually if they did this it just yeah. seemed that they added a lot of like he he knew a lot of stuff about like the different um like it looked like it, it felt re- well researched yeah like he knew what he was talking about like this is how you know everything happened uh in this part in this part but it's kind of mixed together um and it's very interesting and i, I like the fact that um it's it doesn't take itself too seriously but at the same time it's kind of building like a bigger story and uh I don't know. Uh, Lovecraft is kind of the shy, nerdy guy. And then uh, Tesla is like down in his luck scientist who's um, engaged to Amelia. Engaged Earhart. to Amelia Earhart. Not, Earhart. That's not true. <laughs> that no. didn't it, happen. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I like and I like that um, the, the basis for her disappearance is that um, Tesla created this engine, which ends up being kind of a dimensional transport. <laughs> um, and he's like trying to stop her from flying. And obviously that's not going to work because she's she disappears. So um, they're they're like, uh, well, we know an expert on interdimensional yeah. stuff, right. and that's uh, Lovecraft. But he, like when when Tesla meets him, he's like insane. He's just like he everything he says sounds crazy. <laughs> but he's also um, hanging out with Houdini, and it seems like yep. a lot of Houdini's tricks are based on like uh, Real like traveling to magic. other dimensions, and <laughs> right? Stuff right. Like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it does have a little bit of that, like. Uh, what like that Shanghai Nights thing, of right? Like, yeah. Of like, hey, you want to buy a newspaper? It's like, what's your name? I'm Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but it's like more research. Like, yeah. Um, it all like he makes it work where like he he does all the research and kind of fits it all together in a way that makes sense. And I don't know, it's pretty fun. Um, and like I said, it doesn't take take itself too seriously. And it's I don't know. Yeah. And by the end, we have like a goofy team up with uh, Tesla yeah. and Lovecraft fighting. You know weird looking crabby cthulhu things <laughs> right coming through uh dimensional portals so all right so here's my question is the person on the last page lovecraft's aunt mother i think it's, it's, it's his mom his mom don't say anything all right that's just i was pretty sure that's what it was i was like what was, <coughs> do you know something about lovecraft's mom oh he had a very they had a really weird repressed childhood yeah. Shall we say. Yeah. um yeah well, well that seems like it's part of it too so like i guess he's 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 well researched in this yeah it's cool yeah, and he's going to be at uh, our Vienna store uh, yep. doing a signing, and we'll uh, probably announce the date for that on the next show. Nice, awesome. All right, up next we have uh, Sing No Evil. This is a graphic novel by uh, J.P. Ahonen and K.P. Alare. And, um, yeah, Jared, do you want to tell people what Sing No Evil is about? Oh, man, I don't know if I can even do this. All right, so uh, they're Finnish, which explains a lot about this book. Uh, but basically... Well, it takes place in Finland, yeah, but I mean, as the creators, this and is everybody's a, like a very strange book. Your finish is very good. Yeah, <laughs> in English. Yeah. Uh, but basically, it's uh, four people in a band. Uh, my favorite, of course, is Bear, the drummer, who is a bear. Uh, uh, did you guys notice that the drummers for all the bands were animals? I totally missed that. I the did first not time. notice that. The drummer, so the drummer for the metal band in the beginning is a badger. <laughs> Do you think that's uh, a tribute to Animal from the Muppets? That's true. Oh. Well, well because so. uh, you see, like the uh, <laughs> it makes sense because the metal band in the beginning is like uh, black and white makeup, kind of like Kiss, and it's a badger. It's black uh, and white. Uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Makes sense. And then yeah, 
I don't know. It's really fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so basically this band of four people, and they're trying to make it, and what do you call it? Death metal? I don't even know what you'd yeah. say, but metal band. Like um, Finnish metal band. Finnish like, metal band. There's, there's a lot of genres, subgenres. No, Finnish bands are all metal. Is bands. it satanic? Is it black metal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, but basically, the wrinkle on it is that they are not quite making it. And the there's the, this book has a lot going on. There's a lot of like sub character storylines and all kind of like what they're all trying to do and stuff. But the main thing is that one of the main things is that the oldest guy in the band is kind of aware that you can do a lot of crazy things with music. And the the lead singer and guitarist Curvin Kerv- Uh yeah, it's it's trying to warn him. He's the bassist that there's like. Been, been, you got to be careful if you play some really cool music. And uh, so Axel is the guy who's like trying to like break through. And he's like, if I could just get the perfect chord, the perfect song, and not realizing that, in fact, magic can be caused by music. Well, music is so powerful yes. that it affects your whole soul and body, and it could summon demons. Yeah, it could, it could make you fly. Be transcendent or give you powers or cause demons to happen. It's just that like powerful. That. Yes. <laughs> uh, and as it goes on, you realize that, no, yeah, there are demons running around and that some of these bands are summoning demons or accidentally summoning demons. But there's like subplots with like Axel's girlfriend who's not sure he should devote himself to this band that's not going anywhere. And then his crush on there's a love triangle, Lily, basically. who's yeah. the keyboardist. And then the, her Kevin and the old guy who's like, what's his deal with it? And then what's bear up to like, there's so much going on in this. There's Aiden, uh, the new, uh, yeah. The... And so that's kind of the impetus for the story is Aiden. Yeah. They need to find a new, well, Axel is the lead singer. He he writes all the songs and he kind of wants to sing them, but he sounds. Uh, <laughs> people describe him as like a like a, a dying cat and stuff like, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and so they they want to find a lead, new lead singer and they find this pizza guy who can sing and um, he's a you know he's an immigrant and uh, he's he's one of the best characters. I mean, all these characters are really well defined. That's what I thought. Like everyone was pretty interesting. Yeah, even the bear is like very well defined. Even though it's like there's no explanation why why there's a bear. Um, Only one person can understand him. But there's oh, funny yeah. stuff yeah, like um, can understand him. <laughs> like the bear is really tired. But he's like, oh, it's time for him to hibernate. So he's like extra tired. And so the bear is out. drinking a lot of coffee and taking a lot of <laughs> drinking a lot of whiskey <laughs> and stuff to stay awake. Um, and the old guy is probably my favorite character. I think uh, what's his name, Kervinen? Yeah, because he's like. Uh, Probably people, eternal. Yeah, people <laughs> people all think he's crazy, but then all the stuff he says kind of slowly becomes like slowly like true. Like he's he says he's been alive for you know three hundred years or something like that, and then there's something that kind of backs him up later. And I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. It's kind of like music as like a magic power. Yeah, I really loved the the pace of this book, especially yeah. how they revealed. The, the magic in the book like yeah it was very in the, slow in the beginning it was just like somebody would be performing and you would see you know one of the spectators their eyes would glaze over and you're yeah, like right. you know was that a deliberate choice was it just like an artistic thing like this is like a, music's a, cool right yeah. yeah and then more and more you see more and you know something happens at one point when he's just like walking through the woods with his headphones on but then it's never referenced again and so it's I really loved the way it unfolded. You know, there were definitely a couple moments where I was thinking, like, is that the direction this comic is right. going in? Or is this is are these just like artistic choices? So I really loved that about it. And yeah, I mean the performances, like the 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 character drawings of like, you know, all the facial expressions and stuff are so well done that you can actually um even when they're singing songs, you kind of feel like you're hearing what they're singing just mm-hmm. by their poses. And like, you know, like by the way they're posing in this scene, like you can kind of see that they're singing it higher or like, I don't know, it kind of works on uh, many levels. And um, the love love triangle is great. Um, It's not like a clear cut thing where you're like, oh, this person is bad. This person is good. It's kind of um, very emotionally complicated and very realistic. And the art is just so beautiful. And the coloring is probably the thing that takes it over the top, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, there's some real good shifts. Um, like, it's all, like, you know, s- square or rectangular panels when they're having, like, the plot moving forward. And then they'll get to a concert, and it goes in these huge two-page spreads. The color changes. There's, like... A lot of diagonal, like, a lot panels of and, like, yeah, musical lyrics interwoven with them all, like, in different parts of the song. It's it's so good. That's beautiful. Cool. Oh, Kevin, what did you think? I didn't read it. Oh. You didn't read it? What? No. That's why I haven't oh. been talking. But, like, why would you ask me that? Um... <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you'd read it. Um, it's I was awesome. I was reading it. It took me a long time, and I, was yeah. like, I don't think it. Was no, we had one copy, and I was going to read it, but then uh, I gave it to Kelly to read. It. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. bud. Yeah. <laughs> well, you uh, should read it. Yeah, I am going to read it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys can find out what I think about it on the end of the year podcast. Also, there we go. every 
Uh, the best scenes are all involve the bear. The bear's so um, good. The bear uh, trying to hibernate. The bear. <laughs> the bear cutting somebody in half with a pizza cutter. Oh yeah, uh, that was good too. It's great. There's a lot of twists in this book. All right. All right, up next we've got Spider-Man and the X-Men number one. Uh, this is written by Elliot Kalan. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Is it a new person? I think he's a Daily Show writer. Oh, oh really? There we go. Um, and huh. uh, the art by Marco Feia, I'm going to guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so this is about uh, Spider-Man, for some reason, becoming a teacher at uh, Wolverine's school for gifted kids. It's not that crazy. They tell you <laughs> Spider-Man's tell you why. Like, I've been a teacher many, many times. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. But he's on a secret mission. And he's not yeah. a mutant, which is kind of the biggest thing. But he was in X-Men comics a lot, and they used to put yeah. the thing on the cover. Uh, uh, like featuring Spider-Man? Well, no, it, was, it said like the non-mutant. Superhero Spider-Man. <laughs> oh wow! Like that. that was back in the all mutant, all Marvel 80s, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're like, we have one character who's not a mutant that's popular. Uh, but yeah, so basically in this one, uh, so Wolverine died, uh, and in his, uh, they're going through all his papers and stuff, and they find a letter from him asking Spider-Man to come, please teach at the school. I seriously, when I started reading this comic, I was like, why isn't Wolverine teaching there? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jeez, Why don't they just put that statue in front of the classroom? <laughs> <laughs> that might happen. Though. Yeah, get some psychics to figure out what's going on. Uh, but yeah, so basically, uh, he's asked to come in. Although most of the mutants, including the teachers, aren't don't think he should be there because he is not a mutant. Yeah, the whole uh, book opens amazingly with yeah. Storm flying yes. him in, like dangling him <laughs> below her in clouds. It's She's kind of, really pissed off it's kind about of anti-human. It. And <laughs> I feel it's, like yeah. I feel like Storm is a little too anti-human for the professor x style is fading out very quickly <laughs> well he kind of points that out he's like he's like you, for for people that are like hated and despised you guys hate and despise me a lot <laughs> right yep <laughs> uh but yeah so the internal or spider-man talking to himself dialogue reveals that uh wolverine thought that there was some sort of traitor or Jamal. double agent at the school and said you need to come in and because you're the only one who's outsider and figure out what's going on so that's spider-man's secret mission specifically a student like it's a student yeah. you sure yeah I'm yeah sure. and, and that's yeah. why he gathers all the kind of the okay students into one class but yeah and then he becomes a teacher which is amazing and he actually starts teaching <laughs> ethics even though he's trying not trying to just figure out who's, who's yeah. the traitor he, they so Spider-Man takes his class on a field trip to the museum, and of course, uh, Stegron shows up. Who's <laughs> and and then like uh, one of the I don't remember who it was one of the characters says, "Does this happen to you all the time?" He's like, "Yes." Like, <laughs> like my supervillains show up everywhere I go. Um, and then you know, I, Stegron shows up, and then Sauron shows up, and there's a whole uh, thing where I I don't know I don't want to say oh, I, maybe I do. But, <laughs> Basically, uh, the, the plot is that Stegron and uh, Sauron want to create a new dinosaur nation. Um, and they want to create a new sta- savage land on Staten Island. Sounds um, right. Yeah. And that's one of the funniest jokes, which is the last joke. And Spider-Man's like, God, I really wish I was in the savage land right now. <laughs> Other than, uh, instead of sa- uh, Staten Island. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of funny stuff. Yeah, in I think a good thing they do in this is they, like they did when Wolverine and the X-Men started up, they like... They do this sort of roll call for the students and establish, right. like, these are going to be the kids that are going to be part of this new class. So it has, like, Shark Girl in it, which is pretty awesome. Right. And uh, um, who is this Glob guy? Because I feel like I've seen him before. Glob Herman, man. Is he, that his name is he, Glob Herman? Yes. He was okay. introduced in um, Grant Morrison's New X-Men. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With um, choir and stuff. Yeah, but I thought, and it, it just, it maintains that same sense of humor that the good era of Wolverine yeah. the X-Men really Yeah, it's had. got that kind of uh, almost all ages feel. Like, I feel like this is... You could recommend this to kids. It's not. There's nothing too adult in it. No, it's um, mostly just like regular teen stuff. And there's some really yeah. funny gags. Um, yeah, there's I, a. I cracked up because Spider-Man wears like a suit on top of his <laughs> Spider-Man just outfit, like a, a blazer. That's but, then, it. but then when somebody takes off his jacket, he's not, he doesn't actually have a the Spider-Man shirt underneath. He just got the mask and like the the arms and. Legs. Well, that's because one of the Bamps Bamps his costume away. Right, yeah. it keeps bamping his suit away. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, you can see right there it crawls up the back of his jacket and actually bans right his shirt it. away right before that happens. His jacket away. Yeah. But no, oh, the whole thing. The whole thing. Because he's wearing his... He's, he's wearing, wearing it before. Page before. Oh, he's wearing... Oh, okay. He's, yeah. <laughs> it seems really funny. It seems like he's just wearing the suit with nothing underneath. Nick just wanted him to be like just the hood and the pants yeah, with yeah. a blazer. Well, you gotta <laughs> change your shirt, right? That's yeah, the new Spider-Man blazer. costume. <laughs> That's, uh, that's like a Scarlet Spider type yeah, but the Yeah, but the whole thing's fun. And uh, where it ends is like... 
like it's just going to be a really ridiculous just people riding triceratops yeah. it's like stuff. the craziest field trip ever yeah and, and it's fun yeah yes. yeah it's super fun I, I thought it was great all right uh we got a, just a couple more things up next we have the valiant number one uh so this is a valiant team-up book written by jeff lemire and matt kent who write what uh sweet tooth and mind management and <laughs> animal man and all right. kinds of stuff and art by paolo rivera who is incredible and amazing drew amazing spider-man for a while and daredevil yeah and this is uh this is just like bringing all the characters in the in the Valiant universe together into one book. So I've read some Valiant books, uh, but not all these. <laughs> uh, but the main story on this is there's a character called Eternal Warrior who literally is immortal or reborn or just has been around for thousands and thousands of years. And his job is basically to protect the Ecoman- Geomancer. The Geomancer. There we go. Can't remember. Uh, the Geomancer, who is like a protector of the Earth and is the power of the Geomancer is passed down generation to generation. And to he's failed people. every time. Maybe not every time, but a lot. Uh, and so the immortal enemy is always out, this monstrous creature that's always trying to kill the Geomancer. And so he just always tries to find the... Oh, sorry. Uh, tries to protect the Geomancer from him. And then just through all the different civilizations and cultures... Every time the Geomancer is born, uh, he shows up to try to protect him and from the cool this horrible thing, the monster. The cool thing about that is that uh, it, the beginning uh, shows him trying to pre- protect the Geomancer through every kind of time period. And uh, a lot of it's based on actual legends. Yep. So, like, the Minoan kind of uh, minotaur bull creature yep. is kind of the one during you know the Greek times. And then during, like, uh, Viking era, he's basically it's the story of Grendel and the, yeah. the ancient... Uh, evil is Grendel. Um, yep, and I like I like that a lot, and I liked the way that Paolo Rivera drew all of that, mm-hmm. and the the title page where it says the Valiant um, is probably one of the best drawings I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, um, it's the Eternal Warrior walking through the snow and uh, different time periods in the background, um, and just it's just so perfectly drawn. Like there's no nothing wrong with it in any way. Yeah, the way layout, the yeah, focus. The, the and, art is yeah. uh, and the other two page spread with uh blood kill or bloodshot. Blood yeah, whatever blood his name kill. is. <laughs> 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 really here's, the, here's the thing, like most of us don't care about most of these valiant characters. No. But we still enjoyed this, right? Yeah, like it was it was just cool. Um they kind of so the main character ends up being like the newest geomancer who is right. does she say she's the last of the geomancers? She's no. just the newest one. She's just the newest one and um She's been in um Archer and Armstrong. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh Archer's really or Armstrong's really funny in this yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah, and uh and yeah, it's just like now it's just like what's going to happen to her? And that's kind of the yeah. main thing. And, and then uh, they're setting up some other side stuff. I I love the way uh, the sort of eternal evil or whatever is represented in the end too is super creepy. Yeah. And uh, 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 the best thing about this is if you don't know anything about these characters, it's actually not it inaccessible. Yeah. Like I feel like I knew everything I needed to know about Bloodshot pretty quickly, and they did a really good job of explaining how his powers work. Where he's like, uh, he's kind of like he can't be killed, like Wolverine kind of, but then he can also control machinery. And there's a great panel. That Paolo Rivera draws, where he she sees all the inner workings of the machine he's controlling, and yeah, I don't know. It it did a good job of summarizing everything. Even Exo, who's just like in one panel, it's like, oh yeah, we need you. I saw him like in the roll call lineup thing in the end, and I was like, wait, was he in this comic? He's he's literally in one panel. Yeah, but uh, he's coming, guys. Yeah, so I yeah, you definitely I like none of us have been reading any of the Valiant books, right? I mean, I read uh, Quantum and Woody. Oh yeah, they're not in this. And they're not. (laughs) I used to read Archer and Armstrong, and I wish I still did, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think this is a, an easy one to jump into, and yeah, uh, the art is just so incredible, good. and so the quality good. of the comic, like yeah, this is it's a really yeah, and I, I think sturdy, beautiful. I think Valiant put yeah. all their money behind comic. this. Yeah, yeah, they uh, it's got a nice kind of uh, what do you what would you call this cardstock? It's not even cardstock. It's cardstock, but it's like kind stock. of the uh, but no, it's it's kind of it's it, a matte cardstock. A matte, matte yeah. cardstock. There yeah. you go. <laughs> um, even like opening it, it's just black pages and says book one. There's no like ads. There's nothing. Yeah, like, it's yeah. slicker than their books have yeah, been. It's recently. very very slick. Yeah, I think they got a new production designer because like, than their Chromium edition. <laughs> it's like a prestige format because yeah. uh, there's the last week that like nice looking Quantum and Woody chips at our yeah cover yeah. Came out. So I think they maybe got a new uh, uh, like production designer, designer right. over there or something. But uh, yeah, so we just have one more book this week. Uh, this is Bitch Planet number one. Bitch uh, th- Planet. Yeah, this is written by Kelly Sue <laughs> 
Kamenek, who writes uh, Captain Marvel and Pretty Deadly, and with art by Valentin Delandro, who I don't know, but no, the I art in this is really good. Yeah. Before we get into this, I would say that uh, today it was easy to rec- recommend these to people because I would just say, hey, look, it's Bitch Planet, and they'd be like, all right. but it is about a uh a group of women that are going to space prison yeah it is a planet that is a women's prison and um they're all going there because they have been judged non-compliant um which is i love i love that as a term um and she does and kelly sue uses it so 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 well because it's not really clear what you need to have done or not have done to be non-compliant um, it's almost like a sexist. It's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah. women are being non-compliant. Yes, so they get exactly. Sent to this planet. <laughs> Basically, like it's it's uh, very much in the tone of a lot of the uh, or all of the um, like women's prison movies like, of yeah, the seventies. Like very exploitative stuff. Yeah, like yeah. the Ilsa movies or like Big Bird Cage or any of those kind right. of uh, which, Jack Hill movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which um, Kelly Sutanik has talked about being a fan of them, and so I mean, this was a very deliberate. Attempts to sort of take that and turn it on its ear and and own it. Um, so yeah, you see this group of women who are going to this um, going to this prison, and you're seeing them like being processed. And the whole, I mean, just the design of that. And there's this like giant um, kind of a hologram who is. Uh, welcoming them and you and you see the guards talking about like which you know which version of the hologram are we going to use for these and they're taking bets on who's going to be the first one to <laughs> right. protest um and you're also seeing there's this sort of the other thing that's happening is you're seeing this man who's trying to get his wife out of prison because she's been right. falsely imprisoned and that gives us a good idea of uh, I don't want to say too much about that story because I thought that was a, yeah. a, a, a fun twist in yeah. that. But it also gives you an idea maybe of how a lot of these non-compliant women are ending up in prison it's, in yeah, the first how, place. How <laughs> right. this universe, yeah, the that, society. That, that this, how yeah. this works. Um, I love one of the things that I absolutely love about it, um, about this, about Delandro's art is the just the sheer variety of the way people look like there's no two characters who look the same in this. Yeah, thing. like the the giant fat woman is like monstrously fat. yeah they, like, give, they like, give her her uniform and she was like this is gonna fit one of my boobs yeah <laughs> like where's uh, the other one go and she's like exaggeratedly drawn and it's it's very funny it, not funny but like funny in a way where it's like it, it's almost cartoony but just but in just a very exra- yeah, real way yeah exaggerated yeah. enough where it's i don't know if it works yeah these are i mean these are people who Exist. These are real people right. in drawn in comic form, pretty much. Um, right. Like you see, like there's lots of naked women in this, but you're not like, well, that's hot. They're no. just like <laughs> they're just. They're, yeah, they people. all look very realistic, so you're not like you they're know, not sexualized. It's no. not sexualized like, at all. If you think in this prison. is, if you think this is hot, you need to talk <laughs> like, to someone. Yeah, like you <laughs> see these naked. Women. The only the only thing that is like comic book hot is this hologram that was created right. by all these dudes right. who run this prison right. Right. yeah like when you see the naked women you're like oh it's gross you know? yeah it's like it's not it's not like a thing where, where you're supposed to be like oh cool but yeah i think uh you know they're kind of three main characters i think in this first issue it looks like we'll get more into some of the other characters so too. let me ask you guys something that the, the only thing that confused me about this is the first page Uh-oh. part of this um what is happening there? We don't oh, know. Oh, the, the oh, so, narrator getting to... Yeah, so, so is so, this whole place. thing a teleplay? Yep, that's what it seems like. Uh, no, not a teleplay. It's like a reality show. You know, people watch this. It's like the it's like Running Man or something like that. I mean, that's that's but the then, sense that I got, is that, uh, you know, they're... Because at the end, they say this is going to be good for our show with these characters. But then she goes in and she's like, who am I today or whatever, like... I think just... She, she, I think she's just a voice tone? actor who does like different she characters. She does like she's doing she, a reenactment of this. No, I think she does the uh, the like the person that welcomes them, and that's why she's saying, "Who am I today?" Uh, but yeah, yeah. No, because so it says right here, like you're playing a history teacher. They'll play it in loops on the ride, so the non-compliance here while they sleep. So is and then that? You see them. But see, that means that like they're recording stuff for the the women on the prison. Yeah, not necessarily but, so it's for like the a show. Con- it's like a conditioning thing. It yeah. seems like. But uh, yeah, but but overall, it seems like it's a show that people watch as right. well. And like, yeah, they they're sort of making money off of this. Yeah, um, I just thought that bu- beginning part was not confusing, but it was just like, yeah, we don't not, know. It didn't come it back yet. to it at all. Yeah. So I was kind yeah. of like. Is this going to come back or? Yeah. Yeah. Someone pointed out on Twitter, and I just wanted to point this out, that the big splash page where it says Bitch Planet, like this tells you everything you need to know, like going in about what's happening, um, kind of what to expect. 
Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, to me, this was like the best thing probably that came out this week. Yeah. It was really, really sure. awesome. And uh, I just, I think they, you know, w- we read a lot of books and talk about how like, oh, they set up a cool universe in this first issue and stuff. Uh, but this is one that just felt like completely different than anything else I've read. Yeah. yeah. Like this is just an interesting universe. And she she just, I think Kelly Sue DeConnick does a really good job of taking a terrible exploitative thing. Yeah, it's kind of like a good balance between like a sexploitation movie and like a serious commentary on like sexuality. Well, yeah, I think because she takes that whole thing and flips it on its head and turns it into an indictment against like misogyny. Yeah. And I think that's what makes uh, Bitch Planet a really awesome comic. A little bit of uh, (laughs) kind of modern media reality show stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If you look, I think my favorite thing about it, honestly, is the back has oh, this yeah. like fake ad thing, and from it like says, old comic books. Well, in the top, it says "Hey kids, patriarchy." Like <laughs> right. literally, I sat here and looked at "Hey kids, patriarchy" at work. All also, day this day. is not a fake ad. You it can actually in, order all in, the things on the back. Oh, in really? the bottom oh, really? here, where it says "order by mail," that's a real address that that's funny. that will go that will go, and you will get stuff like temporary tattoos and stuff. Yeah, so. like, wow. it, it, this could be easily be a thing where it's a little too much, like a little too kind of winky. Hey, women, really? like, you know, like a little too much, like, but it doesn't do that. I completely oh, like disagree. It, oh, like, you mean it easily could have been that, but uh, not. Yeah, okay. it's, it's on the border of, like, it could have been that, but, like, it, it's it's well done enough where, it, like, it goes past all Yeah, that, it's like. in good hands, and I think it's yeah, going to Because be... it could be a little too preachy, you know, but it's, yeah. like, it's it's done well enough where, like, it's still fun. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, it's got a message, but it's still It's always, not, yeah. It, it's always really fun. It's, it's still, not didactic. Yeah, it's still in the vein of, like, a kind of like 70s style thing and i don't know it's awesome it's awesome yeah uh yep. yeah and that is it this week you guys yes yeah. right. we'll be back next week right yeah yes yeah, probably what we do yeah. now and <laughs> at least next week after that i don't know yeah after that yeah yeah, yeah we'll probably come back next week and then we'll take a break for the holidays and then come back for the the best of the year at the yeah. beginning of january yeah yeah all right well we'll see you guys next week then see you bye, bye. bye.